0: Hello and welcome to a jam-packed edition of Starside Chat. My name is Aaron.
1: With me, as always, is Zach. How's it going, Zach? Good. It's been a few weeks since we last recorded. I was on vacation, which was very fun, but uh, when I went on vacation, a lot of things happened. So, <laughs> It's
0: true. We should dive into it. We should get to probably the biggest news item. Uh, I think you know what I'm talking about uh a Silk Song is coming out on playstation
1: <laughs> 4 and 5 i wasn't sure where you were going with that because our our top news item is not a big <laughs> news story i would say but. this also is
0: not a super a big news story but for we for some reason you texted me about this and i looked at it i was like oh this is a piece of news but uh yeah Silk Song the sony like uh twitter account posted like hey Silk is also coming out on PS4 and PS5, just FYI. We already knew it was coming out for PC and Switch and Xbox Game Pass, but I don't know what this means. Uh, it's, I mean, it's all any Silk Song news is good news, I guess. But it was just kind of weird timing to just be like, "Hey, just FYI, this is also happening." So uh, I don't know what's going on with that, but
1: uh, yeah. I mean, I guess they're just announcing that it's also coming to PlayStation. Which I guess I think maybe we assumed would happen anyway yeah
0: i thought so i mean i, I thought it, i for a second thought it was going to be a, a console exclusive for a little bit on switch but that's i guess not the case we learned that i guess when it was going to come out for game pass uh but i guess it's just gonna be everywhere all the time great for yeah. steam deck as well
1: oh yeah it would be a great steam deck game i'm sure people love playing hollow knight on steam deck oh yeah I mean, anything that would be a great Switch game is now a great Steam Deck game. It's true. Speaking of which, I've I put a lot of time into games on my Steam Deck uh, while I was on vacation. We'll get into that later because uh, I've been playing a lot of things. Uh, so I'm looking forward to uh, sort of talking about all the stuff I've been playing. We'll cover that, I guess, in the back half of the show. But also... We got, like, the Ubisoft Ward, Nintendo Direct, and Sony uh, State of Play to yeah, talk about. Yeah, kind
0: of a, like a mini September E3. Yeah. I <laughs> wish this had all been uh, back in June so we could have all gotten it in one big chunk. But they, it's kind of like part two of E3. Yeah,
1: it was weird to suddenly get, like, a random little dose of E3 in, like, mid-September. But all right, I'll take it, I guess. So...
0: Uh, a couple of times we saw two different press conferences, the Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope DLC is coming out, uh, well, it's not just a DLC, it's a new game, but there also is going to be DLC and a season pass, uh, and they revealed that Rayman is going to be a playable character.
1: Yeah, I don't know how you feel about this, but it was... I have no thoughts on this. Yeah, I was going to say, it's... Interesting that they're already talking about DLC before the game's even out, but, I mean... I was more talking about, like, I don't really care about Rayman,
0: but it is cool to see. I mean, I really liked the first uh, Mario Rabbit's game. I never played the Donkey Kong DLC. I just forgot that it happened. Oh, yeah. Um, But this game looks great. It looks like it's going to be super fun. They showed an elongated level where you're on a... This was in the Ubisoft forward. They showed an elongated level where... You're on a train, and I don't know really what the story of this one is, but it was a really interesting train battle where you had to basically uh, knock this cat up, or it's called a wiggler. You knock a wiggler off of your train or whatever. So there was kind of like a, you're getting rid of enemies, but also you're looking to the side to do like a side objective. So I think they're going to really switch up the formula stage to stage, and you're going to be doing interesting it's not just going to be a strategic battler, it's going to be interesting objectives in each round you know
1: yeah i am looking forward to this game it, it seems cool i didn't play the first one i have it and i keep meaning to go back and play it's it, great you would love it I, yeah. I think it's really fun i'm sure i would but yeah at this point i may just wait for the new one and play that and if i'm hungry for more i'll go back and play the first one it is coming out like I feel like days before Persona Five Royal hits the Switch and everything yeah. else.
0: But it's gonna be a rough end of October because that's also right around the time that Bayonetta Three comes out.
1: Yeah, and I forget when God of War Ragnarok is coming out, but I feel like it's all kind of clustered together. <laughs> so it's gonna be rough. But here's something else I was be thinking cool, about. But
0: yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but the next uh, Zelda game, I keep wanting to call it the next Breath of the Wild game, but it's not that, is coming out next year, and
1: also Silksong is
0: probably coming out next year, so I don't know what's <laughs> going to be my game of the year.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they also try to, like, clear a path for a sequel to Breath of the Wild, which we will I don't know say the name of later, because, spoilers, yeah. that's what they announced. We're teasing uh, it to you. Yeah, but... um <laughs> I do wonder if we'll see some strategic delays uh, mm. heading into next year uh, now that we also have a, a release date for uh sequel to Breath of the Wild. but What's this Monster
0: Hunter-like
1: game? So EA Originals has partnered with the Dynasty Warrior Studio. Uh, they make those Musou-style games. It's like Koei mm. Tecmo. Uh, for a new supposedly Monster Hunter like game, uh, set in like a fantasy version of feudal Japan, and they're they're saying it'll be like a AAA experience, but they they haven't really said much more than that. Um, which I guess if you like Monster Hunter style games, I mean it's cool that somebody else is sort of dipping their toes into that uh, mm. genre. I my only thought would be just make it more accessible than what they're doing with monster hunter. That's all you yeah. really have to do. Make it so it's not so obtuse and it, it'll be like a good way to, to get into that genre of game. Um,
0: yeah, it's definitely very intimidating trying to get into the monster hunter universe.
1: Yeah. It, even as someone who played monster hunter world and really liked that game, When Monster Hunter Rise came out, I was like, I don't even know if I can (laughs) do this. It's such a hill to climb to like get back into those games that it was I don't know, I couldn't do it. So I just I didn't, but But yeah, so basically I think all they have to do uh to make this compelling is to make like a much more streamlined and approachable version of that formula. Mm -hmm. And so I I don't know if that's necessarily what they wanna do or what they're targeting, but it'll be interesting to see uh, their take on it. Um, Because this studio is known, uh, we've talked about it previously with like Persona 5 Strikers and um, Fire Emblem Warriors. They're known for being able to take these existing franchises and sort of adapt them to their style of game. Uh, I don't know if, if they're planning on doing something like that, but, and they always do sort of make it a little bit more approachable than the original source material. So, (laughs) so yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see people love, uh, monster Hunter and that style of game. So maybe they'll have something, a new franchise, to get into.
0: Speaking of new franchises, I guess this is a, not a good segue because this is an old franchise, but <laughs> Cyberpunk. We both like Cyberpunk. We both uh, enjoyed it. I have not completed it yet, but uh, there's Wait, been an I thought update. you finished
1: the main story.
0: No, I have not finished the main story. Uh-huh. Uh, there's been a content drop update. They released some new stuff for the game, which I could get into now, and I probably will at some point uh, restart up my playthrough. But... They also unveiled uh, the first and possibly only DLC for Cyberpunk 2077 called Phantom Liberty, uh, which is coming out. I don't know that they gave a release date, but uh, CD Projekt Red says they're committed. They're fully committed, totally and fully committed to further development of the Cyberpunk IP, including uh, the anime, which dropped this week. Did you
1: start watching the anime? I haven't yet. Um, Have you? No,
0: I probably will start it uh at some point next week and probably burn all the way through it i've heard it's very very good uh so i'm very excited to start it uh but i'm waiting for a time when i have like an uninterrupted four hours when i can just go crazy yeah um but yeah i i will definitely play this dlc i'm gonna get it i still have it on stadia so whenever this drops i'll pick it up for sure and uh it'll be a great time are you gonna do need guild uh dip back in
1: yeah, I think I might. It, I guess it depends on when it comes out, but I liked uh, Cyberpunk 2077 quite a bit. And uh, another interesting thing about it, I think they said that they're making it sort of like your save file is like cloud ready or backwards compatible. Yes, so like it is. Yeah, You can swap platforms as well, which is interesting to me since I, I, I think when this came out, I bought it on both PC and Stadia. You did because they like initially when it launched, it was like super terrible to try to play on pretty much every platform but Stadia. And I initially bought it on PC and I was running into so many performance issues that I was like and it was also like such a a hot release that like the Steam servers basically like died. (laughs) So you could not actually even download it. And so I was like, well, I want to play this, and I want to be able to talk about it on the podcast, so I just went ahead and got it on Stadia so that I could play it right away. And I eventually swapped back to the PC version, and that's the, the version that I played all the way through. But uh, it would be cool to be able to just have the option to hot-swap back and forth between the two platforms. Yeah, for ones. sure. So. I'm interested
0: in it. I, I definitely will pick up this DLC. Uh, I have... I'm just thinking about it right now. I th- I believe I have zero memory of the game Babylon's Fall.
1: So this is that game that was... I feel like it was supposed to be sort of a game-as-service um, game that came out and was, like, super disappointing. And everybody, like, got horrible reviews and everybody was like, this is bad. And, like, not too long later, apparently... It is already, like, they're terminating the game service. So this was, like, a complete disaster. <laughs> um, I think this was... Square Enix? Yeah, Square. This is a, So it's a Square Enix thing, and it just flopped super hard. <laughs> and so <laughs> uh, it seems like the end of this uh, sort of bad idea, I guess, is maybe the only way to say it. I feel like we're going to see fewer and fewer of these game-as-service things just because of how many of them we've seen flop. But
0: It's so much to invest in something, and you're anticipating having a long tail, like a, a high return over many years. And it's just like, it's such a risk to take on, I feel. like, Especially with how many of these fail, like to put so much money up front and then to not get that return for like zero people to play it so much so that you have to stop the servers. So you stop like bleeding money. Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I think you're right. I think we're going to stop seeing it more frequently.
1: Well, especially uh, since there are so many other things that you can do to be profitable. It was like Bungie came along and created this space and like was the only one that was super successful at doing it. And everyone like for years Maybe they had de- developed these plans to, like, start doing a similar thing. And I guess, like, MMOs have been around for a long time. So that's, like, another thing that people are always eyeing, like, oh, we could have this game that runs for, like, 10 years and is, mm-hmm. like, you know, instead of, like, you ramp up and you make something for a few years and then it's out and you have to, like, try to find the next project, they are just, like, we'll just have this cash cow that we'll, – sustain us for years on end um and so they've put these things into development and now like they're coming out and we're realizing how hard it is to actually succeed in that space (laughs) so i feel like as as they stop you know once they get released i think those studios are going to move on to different projects and they're not going to try to do this again
0: yeah yakuza i guess we can't call it that anymore uh yeah. but uh, a sega, uh, sega has announced three new yakuza games but now they're just called like a dragon games
1: yeah i don't know why they did that
0: <laughs> i don't know that's a good question i mean maybe it's slowly getting away from the concept of being a yakuza i mean i didn't finish yakuza like a dragon but by the end of that game i would assume he's not really in the yakuza anymore
1: yeah, that's a fair point. I know like they also did like a spin-off that was like The Lost Judgment thing. Mm. So it's like they already sort of had a spin-off. Um, I guess maybe they're just yeah, maybe they are just getting away from the whole Yakuza thing. Uh, like a general. Dragon
0: 8 is coming out and I guess it's going to have mm. dual protagonists. It's going to have Ichiban from uh, number seven and then a previous one from previous <laughs> games that people are into
1: yeah yeah so Kiryu, Kiryu is the sort of main uh, protagonist of all the other Yakuza games and now uh, you have a new one in Ichiban Kasuga he was the you can't even say it he was the the protagonist of like a dragon but that's <laughs> now the name of the overall franchise so yeah um yeah so it's a little confusing and then they also had uh what was the it was like a dragon ishin
0: yeah which is in the past
1: which is set in the past which when they showed that i was like wait is this connected to (laughs) that yakuza thing because it has the same name but different subtitle and it doesn't look Like it's you know a spinoff of Yakuza because it's all like modern day, but Mm. so that was confusing to me. And then they have uh, another game like a Dragon Gaiden. Um, not sure what's going on with that one. (laughs) (laughs)
0: But I admit that I mean I uh, I never finished like a Dragon. uh, It was very seven. I know I I think I I got to the part where you had to start grinding and I sort of fell off of it. Like, I got to a battle that I just I played three times and I could not beat. And I think we talked about it and you were like, oh, yeah, you have to grind before you can do that battle. And yeah. I was like, I, I'm interested in that, but I also have other things to do. Well, uh, they,
1: they did make it relatively easy to do that grinding because, like, once you get to that spot where you're like, okay, I'm realizing now that I definitely need to grind for level for a little while before trying to take on the next like big story beat Mm -hmm. um the it's kind of accommodating because it's like oh also here's this like little like tower gym thing that you can sort of battle your way through like multiple levels Mm -hmm. of enemies and that's and you'll get like tons of experience points for doing it um it still takes a while because you do it is a grind where you have to like level your characters up and i kind of did like a google search of like (laughs) what <laughs> what's the recommended level for like yeah. whatever chapter was ahead um so you can kind of find what level you sure you should target and then you just like grind there for a while but it is kind of a little bit of a bummer that you you kind of have to stop progressing the story just to like spend time grinding but that's sort of a, a jrpg staple i guess too true
0: a couple of Games. I'm speeding through all this because I want to get to the meat of this, but a couple of games have come out. Uh, I don't think we're really going to play any of them, but Splatoon 3 is out. Uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley. The interesting
1: thing about Splatoon 3 is it is the the biggest launch for any Switch game ever in Japan. Really? Uh, Yeah, which was a surprising bit of news because you would think you know animal crossing or like mario or zelda or something yeah. like that would have done better but nope this is the biggest one uh That's they made that announcement um and i like i've been a little bit tempted to try it just because everybody talks so glowingly about it mm. um but yeah i, I we'll see uh disney dreamlight valley is just a, an animal crossing with disney characters
0: yeah, some and- great
1: uh, TikToks I've seen
0: of people, like, trying to do missions in that and Goofy just, like, being insane in the background. <laughs> um, yeah, so other right- than that, I'm not super interested in
1: it. Right now, it's in, like, a paid, um, like, beta sort of pre-launch form. I thought that it was free can- to play. It will be free to play when it officially launches next year. You can play it on Game Pass, so that's sort of how you would maybe get free access to it, but... Um, it for now, it's in like a sort of pre-launch, like paid version of it, where huh. if you wanted to play it on Steam anyway, you would have to buy it. Um, but I, I mean, the reviews have been mostly people saying, I'm surprisingly enjoying this. So <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe people were not expecting to like it, and they now do like it. Mm. So I don't know. Either way. Um, I have actually started playing Steel Rising, which is the third uh, sort of of four games that have released within the last couple of weeks. This is that game that was made by the uh, developer of... Oh, gosh, I'm going to forget the name of it. It starts with a G. What is that game? Greedfall. So the developer of Greedfall, I don't know if you remember that game, uh, made this game, and it's basically a uh souls like game set in you're like a mannequin uh you're in an automaton and oh. it's set in sort of what is the period for this it's not
0: it's like french the, revolution
1: maybe yeah french revolution i was gonna say it's not victorian so french uh, revolution and you're so you're talking to some notable people from history and somebody has unleashed like all these uh automatons everywhere and they're like wreaking havoc and it's very dangerous for like the queen or whatever and you play this uh automaton that was like a dancer but i guess you're also sort of an ai maybe um interesting and so Basically, you're going uh, and doing, like, what she is asking you to do, and you're, like, seeking out these different people, and it, it is pretty linear. Uh, it's not, like, an open-world sort of Elden Ring type of a thing, but hmm. it's very, very Souls-like, um, and I've been enjoying it so far. The reviews are, are fairly middling, like, it's, like, sort of getting sixes and sevens, uh, which is to say that it is... Uh, not as good as Elden Ring, obviously, which I don't <laughs> think is a surprise to anyone. Yeah. But um, the I watched the IGN review, and it just sounded like the reviewer was kind of growing tired of these souls Over Lights. it. Yeah, yeah, they're just like, we've, we've seen a lot of these. Um, I don't really care about another one. But if you're like me, and your introduction to Souls-like games was Elden Ring, like, I'm not burnt out on them. So, yeah fine for me i'm playing it and having a fine time with it but i i don't know that the the bosses that i've experienced so far are anything to write home about which is maybe uh, Mm. worth saying but also that just means that i'm not like getting hung up on really tough bosses and can't progress so double-edged sword uh so far i'm enjoying it but we'll see uh like how i feel by the end of it Uh, And then the last game that I guess is out now, I I, no fanfare whatsoever. Last of Us, uh, Last of Us remake, uh, Part One. This is out now. Uh, This was a thing that I didn't think needed to exist, but I guess it does.
0: I saw. I think it was like Jason Schreier or somebody. The day it came out, tweeted like, "I think it's been enough time. We need another remake of Last of Us Part One." Uh, as just kind of like a joke because this, this game has been remade like four times at this point it's only yeah. like 10 years old or something
1: yeah like it was re-released multiple times at this point point. Um, and the only thing that I've seen about sort of justifying why it needs to exist is that they've got the TV show coming up but they, they didn't yeah. time the release at all so it's just like separate to that um, and So they're like, well, so, you know, you got your people that are not like big gamers, but they're going to watch the show and be like, oh, this is based on a game. I should. And I do have a console. I should go play it. Um, And then if they dive into the previous release of Last of Us, it's going to feel like a little bit old and janky, maybe. Mm. So they're, uh, and if they want to play both part one and part two, there's a pretty big disparity between how the two sort of look and feel. And so they're just like, well, let's remake part one and bring all the like UI elements and the controls and all of that up to where Last of Us Part Two is. But now we'll just have like sort of the definitive, you know, part one and part two, sort of like Mass Effect Legendary Edition style, where they sort of try to bring the first game up to the standard of the other games, basically. I have a question for you. Okay.
0: Uh, do you think so? Almost definitely, Naughty Dog is making a Last of Us Part 3, a final part of it, based on the ending of uh, Last of Us Part 2. How much of the first game do you think this season of television is going to be? Do you think it's going to be a whole part? Uh, do you think it, like season one is going to be all of Last of Us Part 1, and then season two is going to be all of Last of Us Part 2? And then they're banking on last of Us part three coming out or I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: I mean, that's the question because I feel like, I don't know, TV shows like the first game of Thrones, like the first season of game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if that covered the entirety of the first book. So like, how do you approach a TV show based on a game?
0: I don't know. There's a lot of, like parts in the last of us part one story i feel like that would be a good cutting off like season finale type time specifically like when he gets hurt and then there's kind of like the fade to black and then it comes up and it's now winter time and she's uh you know hunting and whatnot i feel yeah, like that, that is a good be... place to cut it <laughs> yeah. like that could be season one finale and then season two is her being you know
1: everything out beyond that point <laughs>
0: So I could see them splitting it up into two seasons, but I could also see them being like, no, let's just do it all and then we recast Ellie for well, Do you know how many episodes two. it's going to be? I don't. It's probably going to be like I would guess 10 or 8.
1: Yeah. So I uh, they could easily stretch it out to two seasons or they could just cram everything into one.
0: I mean, here's the other thing. Do you think we get a time jump or do you think it goes seamlessly into the second game? Like, do they stretch it out to the point where they live in the village or the town for a while? Like, do we see the interim in between or do you think there is a point where one season ends and then the next season is like, you know, five years later or whatever and they've recast the actress and uh, Pedro Pascal's looking pre-gray and uh, it starts up with season or Last of Us Part Two.
1: Mm, I feel I like know. there will be the time jump, and maybe they just like put some more gray and what's his name's hair, and just call it good.
0: It's an interesting question. I uh, I'm very curious to see. I I mean, Last of Us Part One is a great game, but it's also like very gut wrenching at times.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I have no desire whatsoever to revisit this universe. That's yeah. why I didn't play the second <laughs> game. So like, if this show was exactly everything that was in last of us but it wasn't called last of us it was just like a show that was about like people living in a post-apocalypse i wouldn't watch it Mm. so it doesn't make any difference to me that it's the last of us the tv show like i probably won't watch it
0: (laughs) we'll see i i'm gonna start to watch it and check it out but if it does get to be too much of a bummer, I'll probably stop. I'll report I, back. One hundred percent, it's
1: a bummer. You know what this, this game is. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they might
0: change some stuff. They might. Uh, they have said it's going to depart from the games in some way. Oh really?
1: So, okay.
0: I don't know what that means. Or there's the huge twist at the end of the first one, and I can't imagine they're going to change that. But if yeah. they found an interesting way to change that, then I don't know. That's uh, that's maybe worth checking out. But I don't know. I, I I'll 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 watch and I'll report back.
1: Okay. Yeah, let me know if it's something I should bother watching.
0: But. Well, let's dive into this E3 Part 2, because there's basically three three shows that happened. Uh, let's start off with the Ubisoft one, because that's the least interesting one. You didn't watch this one. I did not. I was on vacation. They The Mario rabbits thing was probably the most interesting thing. That's the part where they showed the elongated train battle, which is cool to watch. They had some other random stuff that nobody cares about, like let's dance or whatever, or just dance, whatever it is. But
1: let's just dance.
0: The <laughs> the real centerpiece of this show was all of the Assassin's Creed stuff, and boy, was there a lot. Uh, I think they announced like five Assassin's Creed games. There is My gosh. <laughs> the first one we talked about is uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, and that is a throwback to classic Assassin's Creed. They've like. No longer will it be like a very dense RPG with a ton of like things you're upgrading. This is back to basics, very similar to the first Assassin's Creed. I think you play as Basim or Basim, who is, I guess, a character in one of the Assassin's Creed games. I've not played. I've only played the first Assassin's Creed.
1: But I yeah, I've only played the first two.
0: This is in um, some old time place like Jerusalem. I, I I didn't super care about this, but the more interesting thing they talked about. Let me get this right. Uh, Okay, so there is going to be an Assassin's Creed Netflix series, which is happening. Um, mm, Okay, this is the big thing. Assassin's Creed Infinity, which is not a game. It's a platform, a hub, basically, that you load into. I think it's very similar to a launcher, but it's maybe playable in some way. But that's basically how all future Assassin's Creed games are going to be accessible. It's some sort of like probably fake animus that you get into or something. But within that, there's a couple different uh, Assassin's Creed games that are coming to Infinity, including Assassin's Creed Hex, which is I I believe takes place in like uh, those same witch trials and has to do with like witchcraft, which looks weird and scary. Assassin's Creed Jade, which is going to take place in China. And you can, like, run on the uh, Great Wall of China and stuff. And then Assassin's Creed, codenamed Red, which is where you're in Japan and you live the life of a shinobi. All of these are Assassin's
1: Creed games. That's the most interesting one to me.
0: It's all Assassin's Creed. And unfortunately, the way they couched all this was with some guy who I guess was a voice actor in one of the Assassin's Creed games, who I found to be very annoying because he was really hamming it up during the thing. (laughs) (laughs) um this is another thing where i had to like mute whenever there wasn't gameplay but uh assassin's creed it's everywhere now they've exploded they've they're really cashing in their chip and it's now just going to be uh every year there's going to be a new assassin's creed thing there's also like a final
1: dlc for valhalla which has gotten so many dlcs but um, uh it was weird that they like there for a long time it was an annualized series and then they were like all right this is too much and we need to back off a little bit so they're like all right we're not going to do it every year we're going to slow down the pace a little bit and now all of a sudden they're like no no that was a mistake we should always have assassin's (laughs) creed all the time
0: multiple studios working on multiple assassin's creed games coming out sometimes concurrently also there's a netflix show
1: so yeah which i mean i guess it's popular enough for that but like yeah for you and me who have not been into it for a long time, like this is not doing anything for me. and like infinity, like you said seems more like a launcher, which yes, it sounds like it's a platform um, they called it. they I feel like they did that with like Battlefield and um, Hitman where they were like we're mm. just gonna make it so that you launch this thing. And you can access all the previous like previous content. It's similar to what Minecraft did
0: where like now there's just one Minecraft launcher and it's everything. That's where you get like Java edition, Bedrock edition, that uh, weird uh, like Diablo like game that they did. Legends. It's all going to be in just the Minecraft (laughs) launcher.
1: Yeah, they did the same with Battlefield where like you launch this thing and it was like, do you want to access maybe you want to play you know battlefield 4 or maybe you want to play you know a more recent battlefield or something like that they just made it so that you basically had this hub where you could play whatever previous game you wanted or whatever the most recent one is but i guess that makes sense i don't know Zach, tell me all about the nintendo direct well i mean we can start off with the most interesting thing maybe uh, Cause it, they announced a lot of stuff. In, it's true. Uh, it was a very cool show, and I feel like they they, at least for me, they had a good opener. Something I, I wanted to see, and they had a big closer, which is the the big big news. Uh, but yep. they had some like cool stuff uh, interspersed, in, like in the middle. They uh, there was a, a graphic that somebody shared that I was going to reference. To be able to like talk about everything that they showed because it was so much stuff. So they it was
0: 45 minutes about.
1: Yeah, it was way bigger than anything they've shown previously this year. Uh it was just like a huge dump of stuff. And so they had Zelda, they had Pikmin 4, they had a new Fire Emblem, they had a new uh Kirby or not a new Kirby, but a a remaster of an old Kirby. They had like a new Bayonetta 3 trailer, um, Mario and Rabbids, and they had some cool stuff coming for Nintendo Online uh, that I I was actually fairly excited about. So, I mean, I guess we can start with, just to get it out of the way, let's talk about Zelda. Which Zelda are you talking about? I mean... Tears of the Kingdom or Tears of the Kingdom? It's Tears. They've confirmed
0: that it is Tears, in fact. Uh, Everybody Uh, was
1: making the joke, uh, Legend of Zelda Tears for Fears.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I heard... Well, the guy I... So I watched, uh, as I usually do with something big like this, I'll watch it... I'll watch the main feed of it. And then for the big announcements, I usually will watch, like, three other people watch it. I'll go back and, like, watch the MinMax guys watch it and some other people. And... One of the guys I watched who's very into Zelda, he and his, I guess, uh, friends have been calling it uh, Breath of the Skyld, which I think is a better name. Uh, but Tears of the Kingdom is fine. Uh, I, I feel like it doesn't roll off your tongue like Breath of the Wild does. No, it does not. But we'll but, get used to it, I guess.
1: Yeah, and... and I. Heard somebody talking about it, and they were they were saying, "Well, maybe it's like some sort of element for like in the title for each of the games. So like Breath of the Wild, like Breath was wind or whatever, and Mm. uh, Tears of the Kingdom maybe like associated with like rain or something like that. And maybe it's interesting. And maybe the next one will be something else uh, like that. Maybe it'll be like yeah, so it'll be like a trilogy of some sort. But that's interesting. So yeah, I thought that was an interesting theory. I don't know if that holds any water but um lots to talk about it
0: is unfortunately they only gave us 30 seconds which is a bummer but they did give us the name Uh, a lot of small details stand out on this even though it is only 30 seconds it's densely packed i'm waiting for the upcoming game explain super analysis video of it but even before watching that there's a couple things you can point out he does seem to have some some sort of thing on his hip that is uh maybe like a a marker of using magical ability it's like these little uh green like spheres or like bottles perhaps that are like it's on his hip i don't know what that really means there's also in the background you can see a dragon so a lot to unpack i'm very much looking forward to some analysis videos of this but uh what was your overall take what
1: do you, do you like the name I mean, I guess, like you said, it's it's not as uh, it doesn't roll off the tongue quite the way Breath of the Wild did. Yeah, Um, I'm very curious. Uh, It definitely seems more like there's more verticality to it. Uh, He does ride on this like weird thing, and it's like a it's not. I guess it's not a real bird, but like you know, one of the stone bird. Yeah, yeah, and which made me think of the. What were they called in Breath of the Wild? Those big machine things that were basically the dungeons that you did. Yeah, the guardians. Guardians. I was like, maybe it's like somehow associated with them, since it's this like big, like flying thing. But something else to point out: there was like a mural in the first part of
0: the trailer that had like seven things around it, like orbs or teardrops, perhaps. So people are speculating that there's going to be seven dungeons in this, which Mm. uh, that was like one of the complaints of the first one was not enough dungeons. Uh, So maybe they're shifting gears and it's going to be less shrines, more dungeons type of a
1: thing. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, I I don't even know how you handle the shrines, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Something happened and you have to go through them again. (laughs) But they're different. Listening. I But they're different. Yeah, I mean, I'm into that. I love the shrines. Uh, yeah, the shrines I would be totally great. fine, even if they were just like, we don't know why
0: this happened. I would be totally fine with that.
1: Yeah, which they probably will. It'll just be like, do shrines. We're not giving you a reason why you have to do them again, <laughs> even though Link, you already you did must them. Do in this these area, shrines. yeah. Please do these shrines. Um. So yeah, I don't know from a story perspective what's going on, but I'm very excited to play this. They did also announce the release date for May twelfth, twenty twenty three. Um. So I wonder. How many games will get shifted around to try to avoid it? Um, I don't know. Yeah, you don't want to be on that weekend <laughs> for sure. You want to take time off that weekend, is what you want to do. Um, yeah. So not much that we can take away from it. I mean, I'm sure people will release like hour long like deep dives, yeah. like explaining every single thing. But soon enough, I'm very excited to watch those. But uh, yeah, very cool um the next thing i was interested in was a fire emblem engage which is you know just a new fire emblem game uh i liked three houses quite a bit so i probably will play this when it comes out Uh, i don't think they gave an official release date they just said 2023 um i people were Saying the main character of it looked like a VTuber, which is not something I <laughs> thought about, but bold they, hairstyle basically
0: yeah. the switch of hairstyles.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe that's maybe they're gonna key into that for a special release of the switch. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure, for, for I'm sure they're, yeah. Uh, and then they, uh, what else? So they had like some games like It Takes Two, and um, what was another one? Games that are getting like re-releases on Tunic, Switch. Yeah, Tunic was one and Sifu, I think, was the other one. Oh and yeah, Sifu, I forgot about that. They look kind of rough. I'm they not do, gonna yeah. Lie. Definitely like a, a Vaseline filter on the lens. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess it's cool that they're going to be available on Switch, but I don't think necessarily the ideal place to play yeah, them. I not the I best mean, place. The Switch, because you can just ha- pass a Joy-Con, maybe It Takes Two would be a cool thing, but... It's definitely not going to look great. Speaking of
0: things that probably won't look great, they announced a bunch of Resident Evil
1: stuff that's coming cloud
0: version. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, the most recent one and also... uh, What was the most recent one? Was it Village?
1: Yeah, it was Village.
0: And then the previous one... uh, What was the previous one where you were in the house with all those crazy people?
1: That was... Oh, gosh. What was the name of that? Was it just called Resident Evil? It was
0: Biohazard is what it was. Was it Biohazard? Anyway, a bunch of Resident Evil stuff, but it's all cloud-based, so it's probably not going to look great. Um, a bunch of other random things. A SpongeBob game. Uh, store A lot of uh, farming games. People were like, oh, there's a lot of farming games in this direct. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, if you're Fey a big Farm fan of... Uh, Story of Seasons. If you're a big fan of Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley, this was like the show for you
0: but also octopath traveler 2 which is coming out february 24th that's a a pretty big deal
1: yep that was a big one um factorio
0: is coming out as well i love factorio i was gonna say that was a big one for you
1: yeah for sure and miyamoto popped up tell me walk us through miyamoto's appearance he
0: appeared and he was like hey it's me miyamoto I'm hard at work, uh, working on the Mario movie with Chris San. Uh, (laughs) and then I, I, I was anticipating him to be like, well, here's some footage of it.
1: Yeah. That's what I think uh, everyone was expecting.
0: Then he was, he took a pause and he was like, let's talk about Pikmin. Uh, isn't Pikmin great. Pikmin Bloom is so cool. Let's talk about how to play Pikmin if you haven't already. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I think this some... is desperation. Somebody please play play Pikmin Bloom.
0: <laughs> so and then he was like, also, guess what? Take a look at this. And it's Pikmin Four. Uh, and then he had a little Pikmin t shirt on. So I think this I... was
1: a little bit of a uh uh kind of a like almost trying to fake people out. Like, let's let's get we know people are excited about Pikmin Four, so let's talk Pikmin. Oh, but we're gonna talk about Pikmin Bloom. Yeah, and then like he's like, "Okay, that's all for me now." And then it was like, "No, but we do have Pikmin Blue." Just kidding, (laughs) it really is here. We're gonna actually show it. It's interesting. They didn't really show any gameplay,
0: uh, but I have heard a criticism of previous Pikmin games is that they're on a like time system, Mm. so like it's not you can't really like chill out in a Pikmin game because you're always watching the clock. Very similar to that. Man, what was that old zombie game I don't remember the name of where you were in a mall? There was a a zombie game where you were like a photojournalist in a mall. That was a very fun playground, but also it was on a clock. So like you had to do things by a certain time or things just like doors closed on you. Basically, That's why
1: I never played those games because I I didn't want to deal with the clock.
0: My prediction is that this one will not have a clock. I think they've realized it in this new age where they're streamlining things and making things much more playable. Like, mm-hmm. for instance, like playing Mario Odyssey is great, but going back to play like even critically lauded Mario games that aren't Mario Odyssey, you can see that they really figured it out with Odyssey. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of, uh, like quality of life things. I mean, even Mario 64, which is a classic, when you get a star, you get kicked out of the world. And like, that's fine or whatever. But, uh odyssey is just like so easy and fun to play you're just constantly getting stars there's not really any obstacles i would bet that they've taken those things and adapted them for pikmin and it will be a much more enjoyable game to play it's not going to have a ticking clock and it's just going to be it's going to be good i think i probably will check this out depending on what the gameplay is but uh i i'm interested in it even though i've never played a pikmin game before
1: yeah, I am a little bit as well, and some of that is because uh, one of the games I played while I was on vacation was that Tinykin game. Yes, I've heard that's very um, good. It is very good. So not not to spoil what I'm going to talk about at the end of the show, but uh, it's very good, and there is no clock, and, and it is all about just like exploration and like collecting stuff and using, you know, the Tinykin to help you like get around uh, the world and maybe like solve some puzzles. I, I, they're not necessarily puzzles, but kind of that way. And so I would definitely like I'm more receptive to like a Pikmin style game, uh, <laughs> having played it than maybe I was previously. So I, plus like people do love the franchise. So I don't know, maybe 2023 is the time to finally check it out. They did a brief trailer
0: for band of three, and you have to go onto the YouTube channel to get like a more in-depth thing, but man, I went onto the YouTube channel to watch the like six-minute Briennetta 3 breakdown. This game (laughs) looks awesome. It looks so fun. Uh, I'm very excited for it. It's coming out October 28th. I will definitely be picking it up, and I will give my review on the cast, but everything about it looks like they're just nailing it. It's going to be very, very good.
1: I'm realizing, so October 28th, that's just an additional game For the end of October this year. It's true. It's going to be insane. I don't know. It's going to hit the wallet pretty hard, and you're just going to have no time. It's true. It's going to be dense. But yeah, so uh, the Nintendo Online stuff I thought was cool as well. So they they said I, I don't remember which ones were targeting twenty twenty two and which ones were coming out in twenty twenty three. But they they said Pilot Wing sixty four, Mario Party one, two, and three are all coming out, and Pokemon Stadium and Pokemon Stadium two, uh, ten eighty snowboarding, Excitebike sixty four. And the big title GoldenEye finally uh, being added to Nintendo Online with, with online play. Online play. Now the weird thing about this, because like it's some like really weird, bizarre like rights thing where the game was developed by Rare, which is now owned by Microsoft. Correct. And yeah. it's like a you know a a, fr- a movie franchise that's owned by some other company and the rights to the video games have like traded hands between EA and Activision and Activision is now owned by Microsoft so like but the GoldenEye when it came out was a, a Nintendo exclusive so you have this like really bizarre ripe situation which is why it maybe has not come out uh, or been remastered previously but um, so yeah you, you get a not really remastered version it's just goldeneye 64 on nintendo online but with online play however xbox is going to get a remastered version that will run in 16x9 um for game pass and it will not have multiplayer <laughs> but it will run in 4k so yes. and, and i think also importantly will have dual stick support which i do not know that that's coming to the original golden eye that's going to be on nintendo online interesting so like you get not an ideal version of either <laughs> so you you, you would <laughs> probably like to have the xbox 4k version that's been remastered mm-hmm. that has dual stick support with the online play but you're not going to get it you're just getting the campaign And you would probably also like to have it on the Switch where you can play online, but I don't whatever.
0: It's weird. And also, I mean, there are other games that kind of fill this gap. I think we talked about, I don't remember where this was shown, but at some point during the first part of E3 back in June, they released it or they uh, showed the first trailer for a game called Agent 64, or I think it was called Agent 64, which is like a fake version of GoldenEye, which looks great. But for this nostalgia, it's such a weird rights issue because it was a movie, and then Rare changed hands and all that stuff. So, who knows? But uh, it's, <laughs> it's something cool I'll probably check it's out. It's cool that it's coming.
1: Yeah. It's cool that it's coming. I probably will try it out and see how it goes. I, I do have concerns that, like going back to it, it will—you'll realize you know how it doesn't maybe doesn't hold up the way you think it does mm, also mm. my concern is how will it play with a pro controller as opposed to like Great the question. original 64 controller yeah i i still would like to pick up one of those wireless nintendo 64 controllers that you can buy on nintendo nintendo's website but they're continuously sold out so it's yeah. impossible to get them but uh, maybe that would be the ideal way to play Goldeneye on Nintendo Online, but can't get them. It's impossible. Were there any other, they also,
0: they're going to unveil, or they're releasing that Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion on December 13th.
1: Yeah. Um. Do I need to play that? I don't know. I, I'm not really sure. My, my Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, tour.
0: I don't know. I, I never played Crisis Core, and it has to do heavily with the character of Zack, who is like Cloud with black hair, who I don't know anything about. But it seems like he's going to feature heavily in the new remakes. So yeah. I don't Which know. I mean, making maybe. me
1: think maybe I should play it, but maybe the Switch might not be the place to play it. I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Um, You know where you could play it is
0: PlayStation. Are we ready to talk about the state of play?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to run through this and see if there was anything else i wanted to mention in the direct uh i did think it was cool that they were doing a remaster of tales of symphonia which is like this beloved classic on the gamecube so the fact that that's coming back is cool people were excited about that my the first tales game i ever played was tales of arise last year and it was like oh yeah my game, my game of the year so it'll be cool maybe to go back and revisit that but it is coming early 2023 so i'm not sure like what that's going to come up against as far as releases go. Uh, but that's something to have on your radar. Um, yeah. So we now we can move to state of play. State of play. Tekken 8. Do, have, are, have you played the Tekken games? No. I was going to no, say. No, I don't know anything about them when i was in maybe middle school i had a friend who had a tekken game and i played very little with him and there was a character called king who's basically like got a tiger for a head or like a (laughs) jaguar or i don't know what it was but that's all i the my only experience with Tekken, (laughs) and that's all i remember but i'm not a big fighting game person
0: nor am i uh Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge was a PSVR2. They did a couple of PSVR2 titles. This one seems interesting. Dimio seems very interesting to me. It's a tabletop style like almost Dungeons and Dragons style game where you're moving pieces around on a dungeon. I always thought this is a great use case for VR is having a crazy animated play space in front of you that you can all interact mm. with. Yeah. Um so this looks interesting to me, although I don't super like the art style. Yeah. Uh, then they talked about that like a dragon, Eshin, which is interesting. Hogwarts Legacy is a bummer to think about. It's like not really <laughs> relevant to anybody, I think.
1: My, but, my, I, you say that, but my sister, who is not a huge gamer, but she does like play games now and then, like mm-hmm. this is the maybe the one game other than Breath of the Wild or the sequel really? to Breath of the Wild that's on her radar. Yeah. So yeah. like. If you got Harry Potter fans, they know about this and they're waiting for it. So, And then Pacific Drive was interesting.
0: It's like, I remember, a oh man, I don't remember the name of it, but there was a game years ago where I think you were only ever in a car and it was like nighttime and it was very scary. And it was supposed to be like a horror survival game, but you were in a car and I think you were being chased by another car. So I got vibes no. of that. I don't remember what that's called. But this is a, a very interesting game where it seems like there's weird sci-fi natural disasters happening around you and you're just like tasked with you're in a car and you're trying to escape or get somewhere safe but this piqued my interest a little bit i was a little interested what
1: do you think about this
0: pacific I, drive is what it's called i have
1: no recollection of this so i'm going to have to watch the oh, trailer really? but
0: it's interesting it's it's not it seems pre- somewhat unique uh sin duality was just like a weird mech game uh it's
1: like yeah it was like a mech sort of tactics like game, I think maybe if I recall correctly, Stellar Blade. I don't recall Stellar Blade. I thought this was one of the ones that looked kind of cool. I think the the last three that they had to show seemed kind of cool to me, but maybe I'm misremembering. Um, oh, is this
0: the one where everybody was like a robot on the back part of their head,
1: like in the Matrix, where they had no like, like, like a little,
0: their front part was a human, and then you would like. Track around to the back of their body, and they they had like robot parts.
1: I don't think so. I'm watching the trailer now, and this looks like like kind of a cool like action hack and slash, almost not really bayonetta style, but like I don't know how you would explain it. Like you're playing as this uh, sort of anime girl looking character, and um, she's got like this weird. Sort yeah, of. this
0: is the robots one with like oh, a, an it? old man. Yeah, it's like an old man. And then you look behind and he like doesn't have the back half of his skull because he's like a um, robot.
1: I do not remember that part. Either way, I thought this kind of looked cool a little bit. Yeah, um, I agree with that. So it's like
0: Korean or something, right?
1: Yeah, maybe. Uh, I just remember watching the, the MinMax uh, guys talk over the, the release and they were like, make your your title legible with your font cuz like they could not read the fact that it was saying Stellar Blade cuz Stellar is written in, in this weird like cursive and it, it is not really legible if you don't know what you're looking at.
0: It's a very beautiful game. Like uh, the graphics are crazy.
1: Yeah, the graphics look really really cool and it could be like a really fun um, like combat style.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh and then Rise of Ronin was very interesting to me.
1: Yeah, I was also very into this. So it's Team Ninja, which I feel like is a name that I should remember what they've made.
0: Yeah, they made... Um, uh, what did Team Ninja make? Not Ninja Gaiden, did they?
1: Uh, they did... Oh, they did Neo. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they did the, the Neo games, which people really like. That's, like, one of the Souls-like And they game, did do Ninja like, Gaiden. Games that people actually do like. Uh, yeah, and they've done, like, the Dead or Alive games. I knew I recognized the name of this developer, but I don't think I've played many of their games. I guess they, they're, they like, the publisher of, uh, like, Fire Emblem Warriors, but they didn't develop it. Hmm. Um, and then they did that uh, Stranger of Paradise game that came out earlier this year. And I think they're also publishing that Wulong uh, Fallen Dynasty game. Which but you're going to check is, out. There is a demo available right now on uh, PS5 that I do want to play. Uh, and maybe we'll talk about that next on next week's podcast. But um, Yeah, this looked cool to me. Uh, Rise of the Ronin. Um, I'm into like that type of game obviously like the sort of feudal japan game uh but it seemed crazy as well because like at one point he like jumps off a roof and has like has this sort of wingsuit type of a thing Mm -hmm. where he's like hovering but yeah the combat also seemed cool because at one point he also has this like uh this rifle with, like, a bayonet on the end, and he's, like, using it like a sword to, like, hack and slash a guy, but then he, like, stabs him and also shoots him, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, So it seems like a cool, cool game. I'm into it.
0: Let's talk about God of War Ragnarok, coming out November 11th, a mere week or so, maybe two weeks, after uh, Bayonetta 3.
1: And Persona 5 Royal, yeah, and... Um, Mario and Rabbids I hope that you're able to play through the entirety of Persona 5 Royal before this comes <laughs> out I don't think you will <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no this trailer looked awesome it, it got me great. really hyped for it I th- this was a very cool trailer I watched it like three times in a row <laughs> Um, what would you think of this? I'm into it, I like it a lot I probably will play it on PS4
0: because it is coming out on PS4 as well as PS5 yeah. And I do not have a PS5 yet. But uh, I was very, very into this. It looks great. The voice acting is great. Uh, Kratos, who's played by Christopher Judge, who is Teal'c on Stargate, is nailing it. He's got the great, like, uh, very, like a lot of gravitas. Yeah. Um, I love the part
1: where he was like, death can have me when it earns me. <laughs> a great line. such an awesome line to so have in great. the trailer.
0: So great i this this movie this I, I said this movie because it almost is a movie but this game yeah. is going to be amazing there's no way it isn't going to be amazing you think I, it's
1: still, they're still doing the one shot like, oh yeah a thousand percent
0: that's just that's it's become that's iconic at now? this point yeah. yeah i'm interested to see it was such a great spoilers for first god of war but at this point what are you doing if you haven't played it but uh yeah. there was such a great part in god of war the first one where you went and got like the Blades of Chaos and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you had two weapons. And I have to imagine that they're going to have a similar thing. There's got to be more weapons than this, I would think.
1: Yeah, Um, I wondered about that.
0: But I'll be interested to see like what else they add. Because a great thing about old God of War games was getting a new weapon that was all crazy and you could start to max out. Like I remember in the one for PS3, you fought Hercules at one point and Hercules' weapon was just like, two giant metal gauntlets that were just the faces of tigers or lions Hmm. rather and then you killed hercules horrifically and you got his hands so you got these like big metal lions that you could just punch people with and it was awesome (laughs) uh and like there's like giant axes and scythes and things you could get and i i really loved the combat in the first god of war but i would be interested to see him use different weapons so i guess we'll see what happens
1: yeah it'll be it'll be cool because i'm sure though they've come up with different ways to like uh sort of evolve the gameplay from the last game so it's not just just you know axe and blades of chaos the whole way through but um from a story perspective this seems very cool as well Mm. um there's not a lot i know about uh norse mythology but like the part where he fires the arrow up into the sky and like one of the wolves uh, goes flying up and like chases the like sun away and it becomes nighttime. Like that was such a cool visual thing. Like I'm looking forward to just how big uh, this is uh, like visually.
0: I would guess pretty, I mean, Ragnarok is the end of the world Uh, Mm -hmm. that much I know to be true. So I mean it, I would imagine it's going to get pretty epic. We haven't seen something I mean, the wolf is very cool to look at. It's very big. But Mm -hmm. that first one had that giant world eater serpent that was always just like watching you from the side of screen. It was a Uh, cool thing to see. (laughs) They're great at playing with scale. And I feel like we're going to get another, some more great stuff about that. And I I have a big TV now, so I can finally take advantage of that. Um, I'm very excited. This is a a hotly anticipated game.
1: Probably my most anticipated game of this year. Starfield's coming out next year, right? Yeah, Starfield's next year. Um, this, like... Now that Starfield has exited 2022, like, far and away, this yeah. is the biggest game releasing this fall. Uh, well, at least in my mind.
0: Uh, When is the Game Awards? Is it in November or December? It's, got, it's, it's in, in December. December right? Right? Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be Game of the Year.
1: No. Elden Ring. Oh, I forgot uh, about Elden will Ring. Will 100% still be yeah. Game of the Year. But Probably. Probably. This uh, like I've been saying, this if it if they really stick the landing with this one, it could maybe compete with it for some people. But I don't know. Um, yeah, there will but, also be recency bias. Yeah, there will be recency bias, but I, I still feel like in the end it's going to go to Elden Ring. <laughs> um, just thinking back on what a huge thing it was. Yeah, like, I mean it was giant. it was. I, I, it's hard to remember a time when it was just like it was flooding your social and like your youtube feed and and tiktok as well i yeah
0: so many saved tiktoks from back when i was playing elden ring of just like here's how to get this crazy weapon
1: like it was everywhere it was so ubiquitous like i don't like god of war i don't think will hit on that scale like it'll still be a huge release for like playstation and and all of that but like um it's not coming to like steam so like you do have to have a playstation for it yeah. so it is like maybe it's potentially true. a little bit held back by just being on one platform but yeah um yeah i think elden ring was such a cultural moment when it released and it, it will widely still be considered maybe the best game of the generation Mm. Um and God of War Ragnarok looks great but I don't know if in the end people will still be calling it that I, I feel like it's a little bit of a Red Dead Redemption 2 versus uh, God of War that year when both mm. of those games came out mm-hmm. and uh, it was like which one is more game of the generation <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know
0: I want to talk about your travels, Zach. I want to talk about your Steam Deck adventures.
1: Yeah, so I went on vacation and I debated, do I want to take my Switch? Do I want to take my Steam Deck? Do I want to take both? And I was like, no, I'm just taking one and it's going to be the Steam Deck. <laughs> and so I downloaded several games and I was like, I'm good to go. And so the, the game that I really got into while i was playing uh on the steam deck on vacation was grime which is a game i started last year and we talked very briefly about it last year um if you've never played grime you should especially if you're waiting like hotly anticipating silksong oh i grime am is a uh, souls-like metroidvania and i love it i beat it uh while i was on vacation and it's got like some challenging bosses but i just i couldn't get enough of it it's so good um and you're like constantly you know getting new weapons and it handles weapons exactly the same way it does in like a souls game where like um you have your different attributes that you're able to level up and so your weapons are sort of like there's uh, sort of an attribute requirement to equip it and use it. And then it like will scale based on like one of your attributes. So it's handled exactly the same way. Um, And so for me, having come off of uh, within the last year, having played uh, Metroid Dread and Elden Ring, this was like a really good (laughs) Mm -hmm. follow-up. And much like with those games, you'll come up against a boss and you'll be like, man, this thing destroyed me and I'm going to have to, like, try it again until I, like, figure out the patterns and sort of stick with it. And uh, in the same way as those games, it was very, very satisfying to, like, clear those bosses and, like, unlock, like, a new, some sort of upgrade, like, because you start out just, like, those games just kind of walking around and you maybe have a jump and a dash and by the end of it, you're able to, like, double jump and dash and you have this like grappling hook uh, like ability that they call self pull Mm. and um yeah like it even gets to a point where there are sections later on in the game where it's like this is not going to be about combat this is just uh like platforming and um like using your different jumping and movement mechanics to be able to get around from point a to point b Uh, what is the story you're like a rock you're sort of a rock person. It's a mysterious game to me, it, and it's such a hidden gem that I feel like not enough people have played it to like do like a lore video on it. But I would really love to watch like either a lore video or like uh, somebody breaking down like the ending of the game and what it all means. But like you basically have like a black hole on as a head, and you're sort of like basically a world eater. And so like the way it handles um, blocking or uh, parrying is you use your, the black hole on your head to like absorb enemies basically. And so you have like uh, a sort of a circle that's highlighted in the top left part of the screen. That's how you sort of recharge. So if you've gotten hit or you've taken some damage, you can use that bar to like restore your health And the way you restore that resource in the top left corner is by absorbing enemies. Mm. And as you go, um, you, I mean, I don't want to spoil it either, but like, you're basically (laughs) absorbing everything you're absorbing the world. And so I, I, there's, it is interesting, um, from a story perspective. And it like is a little bit like you, you don't get much of it in the, first half of the game and uh, you like sort of learn a lot more as you go later on um, Is this I, uh, is it on Switch? It, so it is coming to Switch and this is why I think it's such a hidden gem is it's right now it's only on Steam and Stadia so uh, when it launched it launched as uh, like a Stadia Pro title last year and it was only on Steam and Stadia and they were like, we're we're gonna do a switch version, uh, and it's coming, you know, summer 2022, and they've had to delay it. I think maybe they're also adding new content for it, mm. um, but they they've delayed it. I don't know if it's still coming this year. I think maybe they're still targeting this year, but yeah, Nintendo's website says releasing in summer 2022, which, as far as yeah. I'm
0: concerned, is right now.
1: Yeah, so I I don't know if the release is imminent. I think I saw a tweet from the developer where they were like, "Yeah, we've had to delay it, but there's going to be like new content as well. So like, keep an I, eye out." It's I will coming. buy this on Switch.
0: I will. I'm confirming now on the podcast. I'm going to buy this when it comes to Switch.
1: I I love this game so much. It's it's very very good. It's a a total hidden gem right now that not enough people are playing and talking about. But. Now- you uh, you kind of bounced off of Hollow Knight, is that correct? Yeah, back in the day when I picked it up, I uh, like at that time I didn't really know what like Metroidvanias were at the time, so I only started it and kind of bounced off of it. But yeah,
0: are you gonna play Silk Song when it comes out?
1: Uh, I might actually, because I am much more receptive to that style of game now than I was back when Hollow Knight originally came mm-hmm. out. So. I can see myself picking it up and playing it for sure. So we can definitely like talk about it a lot. I'm (laughs) going to want to talk about it. I know. Um, So the thing with Grime is I was actually hoping that like one of those, you know, like signature edition games or whatever would do like a physical release or like I am eight Bit would do like a physical switch release for this Mm -hmm. game. And I was going to pick it up, but they, they delayed it. So I was like, nah, I'll just play it on steam deck. And so that's what I did. And it's great. It's, I don't think it's as long as Hollow Knight. How long did it take you to get through Hollow Knight? I beat
0: it. So I only played a little bit of the DLC, but my ending percentage was 101%. And I think it took me like maybe 32 hours, 35 hours.
1: It will not take you that long to get through Grime, which is maybe another bonus. I I like a game that's a solid like, you know, 12 to 15 hours, Mm -hmm. which is, I think, about how long it took me to get through Grime um and you can like backtrack and and go back and like because you'll gain abilities that will allow you to access places you couldn't the first time you went through an area Mm -hmm. but you don't necessarily have to do that either if you just want to like you know make it a little bit more linear and sort of mainline your way through the game so it's not like metroid dread where it's sort of uh having you backtrack through previous areas a lot
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, it can be a little bit more linear if that's how you want to play it but uh, it's great. It's a very very good game that I highly recommend, and uh, hopefully it comes out uh, on Switch later this year, and more people pick it up and play it. But
0: I'll create a Google News alert for Grime Switch so I can get it the day it comes out.
1: You should do that.
0: Tinykin, uh, you said it was like a, it's like Pikmin style.
1: It's I I I mean I assume it is based on the fact that you're picking up a lot of like little men. little men. or kin i guess but uh yeah i i don't know i've never played a pikmin game so i i can't say definitively that you're doing the same things but it's great it's i like, like the art style of it i like the sound effects like running across like so you're you're basically a person who has been sort of honey i shrunk the kids down to small size and you're basically going through these rooms of, like, a house, it looks like. And so you're in, like, the bedroom or the bathroom mm-hmm. or, like, a living room. And you're picking up these – so, you like, you're interacting with, like, these different insects. And they're, like, it's, like, a whole village of people or whatever. And they're, like, hey, you have the ability to, like, you, you know, go have these – tiny can like follow you they they like you they'll actually follow you so you can use them to do these different tasks or whatever and so it's basically basically an exploration game where you're like you'll find these different colored tiny can and the different colors indicate that like the green ones can like pick up heavy objects and the the red ones explode and the you know The maybe I'm mixing up the colors but one of the other colors you can stack on top of each other so you can climb them like a ladder and so you have all these they can do different things based on what color of tinykin they are Mm. and so you use them to get around the world and like you might have to throw the strong ones that pick up objects you throw like 10 of them at this object and they'll pick it up and they'll carry it to a different place for you and that's how you like solve a thing but you have to like you know be able to find the different tiny can. and also there's like a hover mechanic where you like jump and hover around but it's like uh like it's rated based on how many bubbles you have so uh, like when you jump and hold the button like a bubble appears around you and that's how you hover and so if you have two bubbles obviously you can glide a little bit further than if you only have one and so in each area, there is it looks kind of like gold nuggets that you're collecting, but they're they call it pollen. And so okay. you're picking those up and there's like, I don't know over a thousand in each area. And so as you pick those up, there's like a certain threshold that it, once you reach it, you can go turn them into some character there and he'll give you another bubble so that you can hover longer. And so and there is like, There's always in each area a thing where a guy will be like, hey, I need you to get me this thing. It's all the way over there. You need this many bubbles to be able to hover over there. Um, And so once you do that, you can access this other area. And it's like a little bit of a a challenge to get there Mm. and complete something. So. I don't know. I had a lot of fun with it. It's a pretty short game. Like, it's definitely, like, a weekend playthrough if you've got, like, a weekend where you're looking for something to play. Like, it's very addicting to just, like, explore and collect stuff, and I I loved it for that. I didn't want to stop playing it once I started it, and (laughs) uh, it was not... It didn't say it was approved on Steam Deck, but I tried it anyway and had zero issues with it, so it ran perfectly well on Mm. Steam Deck. I think it is also on switch uh but double check me on that because i'm not 100 percent sure but would be a great if it performs well on switch it would be a great switch game um or yeah you can just i think it is on game pass as well so that's an option but very very good liked it quite a bit and then once i finished that i was like all right so months ago i picked up shadow warrior three and i never played it i should just play that and knock it off the list of games for this year that i was planning on playing and so i did it's also a pretty short game that you can get through in a weekend if you've got the time for it and i think i beat it in like two sittings oh wow it's not that it's not a long game at all but i think the idea is it's supposed to be one of those games that you would replay uh over and over again and so they Mm. keep it fairly brief so that you're you're not uh, intimidated by multiple playthroughs um and there are like once you complete it there's like new game plus or there's like chapter select so you can go back in and try to find like there are in each level there's some like power-ups that you can find there's like some resource that you find to like level up either your your guns because there's like a handful of guns that you use it's basically a a doom style arcade shooter is right yeah um and so you're finding these different uh orbs that you use um to either level up your guns that uh, add new effects to them or leveling up uh, like an attribute for your main character and i have not played the previous shadow warrior games i had no idea what was going on (laughs) But it was fun to play. I, I had fun playing it. I, I will say, it. I think it needed, like, boss fights somewhere in there, like, cool boss fights. There wasn't really any to speak of. They were at least nothing that was, like, super interesting uh, until, I guess, maybe the final um, chapter of it. But um, they could have done more with that, I thought, but... Uh, the platforming was fun too because you also have a grappling hook and you can like wall run um and so they did some fun interesting stuff with that as well but um yeah <laughs> the main character is a little bit like uh asian deadpool or he's just sort of <laughs> a merc with a mouth type of a thing but, mm-hmm. um and wisely the game like if you die uh, it, it like respawns you really quickly and it doesn't replay the dialogue thankfully oh, because nice. it would because it would have gotten very uh, irritating to listen to some of that dialogue more than once <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah no I thought it was it was fine it was not like my favorite game that I've played this year but it was an enjoyable time if you like that sort of doom style uh, arcade shooter um, maybe wait for a sale get it on a sale since it's such a short game um, but it, it was Fun enough to play. And then the other one that I have started that I briefly talked about already was Steel Rising, which I'm playing on PS5. And Mm. it's a... a, So far, I would say it's a pretty solid uh, Souls-like experience. But maybe I'll have more thoughts on it once I finish it. What have you been playing or watching?
0: So... I've been doing the opposite of playing, actually. I've been making. Uh, I've, long listeners of this show will know that since the pandemic started happening, I have an, uh, a weekly role-playing game that I play with my friends online. And the first person uh, to do a campaign did a Dungeons & Dragons campaign that lasted for about a year. And then the second person has been running a Shadowrun game for since then for about a little over a year and that campaign is wrapping up. So now it has fallen to me to do a campaign. And I was looking around, we've been using roll 20 to do, uh, our online role playing and that's fine. But I wanted to kick it up a notch as, uh, Emerald Lagasse would say, hmm. is that, that was his hitting thing, right? P- uh, kicking it up a notch. Um, but, uh, I found foundry. Bam. He did say BAM and I said BAM because I found Foundry VTT which is uh, a thing that you pay for. Roll20 is free which is great but uh, you I think it's like $40. You get a license for Foundry and then you can just have it forever. It's not a subscription. But it's basically uh, a platform where I can build Dungeons and Dragons style games or I'm using Dungeons and Dragons as the template um, and a ton of people have made assets for it in modules. Uh, and so I'm going to be running a pre-made campaign. I have that uh, Dragon Heist uh, book that I got forever ago just because I like to read them. Uh, but I'm going to be using that to make a game within Foundry. Uh, and it's great. It's very fun. If you're using Roll20 right now and you're kind of like, well, oh, it doesn't have as much features as I want or I can't get it to do this thing, check out Foundry because... It's um, a lot of money up front. It is like $40, like a regular game up front. But after that, it's completely free. And all of the modules, I would say 99% of the modules are free. And it just upgraded to version 10. So some of the modules aren't working right now, but people are working to make them work in version 10. But uh, man, it's been very fun to build this out. It's almost like old style, like making things in RPG maker, but slightly uh, less complicated. Um My recommendation is if you're doing an online role-playing game with your friends, you got to use Foundry. I know that there was just a big thing about the new, the next version of Dungeons & Dragons. There was that special thing that came out where they were like, Dungeons & Dragons 1 or 1 Dungeons & Dragons or something like that. Where they're going to have their own VTT, virtual tabletop. That's way in the future. That's happening like two years from now. And who knows if it's going to be any good. This is happening right now and it's great and I can't say enough good things about Foundry um, so definitely check it out, is my
1: recommendation Speaking of recommendations, do you have any parting wisdom for us?
0: Uh, I'm going to roll that into my founding My uh, my parting wisdom today is to check out Foundry VTT, it's great uh, <laughs> I, you'd be very wise to check it out
1: Now We, we talked about it a little bit uh, after we finished recording the last podcast we did, but Uh, I've been listening to uh, Cassiopeia quite a bit lately. And so we got to talking about like different sort of uh, like Japanese style music and like Japanese city pop and stuff like that. Uh, So listen to Cassiopeia if you haven't. I I watched some video like a few weeks ago about somebody like talking about how much they liked Cassiopeia and they had like discovered them recently. And they're just like this like... 80s style, uh, or yeah, city from pop the 80s is great. yeah, for sure. And they're they do like jazz fusion stuff, uh, sounds sort of like video game music, which I like. So, uh, did you end up listening to that? I forget, Piper was who I sent to you.
0: No, I need to, I completely forgot about that. Um, it's very good, but I shall. I'm actually looking How for music recommend? to put into VT to Foundry VTT, so maybe I'll check it out.
1: Oh, wow definitely check that out um but this has been a long show i think it's that's going to do it for us until next week uh go ahead and follow us at starside cafe on your podcast app of choice i guess starside chat would be the thing to search for on your podcast app but you can follow us uh at twitter and instagram and youtube at starside cafe and we'll catch you on the next one Goodbye. goodbye Oh,